I've been looking forward to getting to this part of the book of Jude. This has been a, it's been a while since we've been here in our special meetings and all. We, this has been a journey through this little book. I, I've said I don't think there's another book that's more applicable to where we live in this day of apostasy than this little book of the Bible before the coming of the Lord. But again, the instructions and the intent of the book is not to straighten out society, but to help us. And the verse that we come to tonight in verse 20, and really to end the book continually, are all instructions to us about how we are supposed to conduct ourselves. What is the answer for our hearts? What do we do in the midst of this type of world in which we live? And what the Lord God says to us and to his people in these verses, I, I think you could not overemphasize. And I would just tell you, I entitled my message, you must do this. You have to do this. And God's not going to do it for us. We have to do this. This is our instructions, not instruction for society. Your parents can't do this for you. Your church family can't do this for you. Your pastor can't do this for you. You will have to do this for yourself. And if you don't, you are in great danger in the day in which we live. Now, there are some little ING words that go through this text. And it will take us a while to get through all of them. We won't do them all tonight. But I, I want you to look at them with me in your Bible. Really, we could just about put eight of them together. In verse number 20, he says, but ye beloved building. You see that? So, so, ye beloved. So, these are instructions to us, all right? Forget about what's going on in the world and think about for a minute about what you need. Okay? What God's instructing you to do. Not your neighbor, not, not some lost person, but you. Building. So, you need to be in a building program. And the building program is you. You are the building program. <laughs> Look at it. Building up yourselves. Do you see that? On your most holy faith. Building. What's the next phrase? Verse 20. Praying. You see that? Building. Praying. In the Holy Ghost. Verse 21. Keep. And I would like to put an ING. These are all instructions, but following through, there, there'll be some things that you need to be keeping in your life. Keep yourselves in the love of God. And then number four, looking. You see that? See all these words? Building, praying, keeping, looking. Verse 22, and of some having, have, and some have compassion, making a difference. Verse 23, and others save with fear, pulling. You see all these action words? Pulling them out of the fire. Here's another one. Hating. Well, preacher, I didn't know we were supposed to hate. Oh, well, okay, just stay tuned for that one. Hating even the garment spotted by the flesh. And I would put the eighth word really going back to verse 17 where he addresses the beloved. Verse 17 he says, but beloved, remember. So all of these words that you have to do, you have to remember. You have to build. 
You have to pray. You have to keep. You have to look. You have to make. You have to pull. You have to hate. These are all things that we have to do. And in this day, if we don't do them, we are in peril. These are the instructions for the beloved of God in the day in which we live. Speaking of Brother Ankrum, I do want to pray on, play on what he said. All those I will statements, you remember that? He says, God's not there, that's you. Remember all that? You know, and he went through all those things that, that David said, I will do. And that's really all the way through the Bible. You look at the I will statements, you know, I will praise. God's not going to to make you do that. You've got to do that yourself. I will sing of the mercy. That's something you have to do. Nobody's going to make you sing. Nobody is going, you have to be willing to do that. I will rejoice. I will walk. I will uh, keep my mouth. I will set no wicked. As, as mentioned, God won't do our praying. God will not do our reading. God will not do our confessing. We can not only go with that I will phrase, but in this text, in verse 20, he says, But ye beloved, watch how he puts it in this way, But ye beloved, building up yourselves. There's some things that we are going to have to do for ourselves. No one else can do this for us. Again, a parent can't do it for a child. You can set the table, but they've got to do this for themselves. The best church in the world cannot perform this in the life of a believer. They have to do this for themselves. Hold your finger there. Let me show you how many times that's in the Bible. There are so many things about Christianity that we have to do ourselves. Now, God does the saving, right? God does the saving, but I've got to do the living. Now, He will give me the power to do the living, but I've got to do it. I've got to do it myself. In Acts chapter 2, look at it. Acts chapter 2, a very famous verse. Uh, here, Peter's preaching on the day of Pentecost, and the Bible says in verse number 40, And with many other words did he testify and exhort, saying, Save yourselves from this untoward generation. That's what you've got to do yourself. He's not talking about saving your soul from hell. He's talking about you saving yourself from your generation. In other words, don't let your generation define you. Save yourself from their influence. And God won't stop that. God won't intervene there. He won't, He won't, you know, put, uh, put a big fence around your life and keep the generation out. You've got to do that. You have got to make sure that God is influencing you and not your generation. Nobody, nobody else can do that for you. In, uh, you're in the book of Acts. Look at Acts chapter 6. This was written to, to the apostles, the disciples that were the 12. He, he said in verse Number three, wherefore, brethren, Acts 6, 3, look ye out among you seven men of honest report for the Holy Ghost and wisdom whom we may appoint over this business. Watch it. But we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. They had to do that themselves. They had to give themselves to prayer. Again, God didn't do their praying. They had to do, give themselves to the ministry of the word. God would not do their ministering. 
As a matter of fact, God won't make you do anything. He will work in your life. He will try to prompt you in your heart, but he's not going to make you make you do anything. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 7. 1 Corinthians chapter 7. All these yourselves, this is not God doing for you, but you doing this for yourself. You having, as we heard this week, the discipline, the character, the Christian fortitude to do what God expects us to do for ourselves. God will not do for us what we can do for ourselves. I've heard my granddaddy, who's been in heaven a long time now, if I heard him pray it once, I heard him pray a thousand times. He would say, Lord, he would say, do for us what we cannot do for ourselves. Now that's a double prayer. That's a prayer saying, God, there's stuff I can't do. I need you to do it for me. But that's also a prayer, Lord, I'm willing to do what I'm supposed to do for myself. You're going to have to do the part I can't. 1 Corinthians, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse number 5, defraud you not one the other. This is about marriage, by the way, and Anyway, he says, except it be with consent for time, that me, that ye may give yourselves to fasting and prayer and come together again, that Satan tempts you not for your incontinency. This is their decision. This is their actions themselves in their life. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 11. 1 Corinthians chapter 11. So many things God's not going to do for us. And so we can't blame him. If we didn't do the things that were our obligation and responsibility to do. 1 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse number 31. For if we would judge ourselves. God's not going to do it. And you know really when others try to judge people that will not judge themselves. It doesn't work very well. We all ought to be the judge of our own selves and be judging our lives and examining our hearts. He said it also, he said it again to the Corinthians, he said, examine yourselves. Those are things that we have to do that God is not going to do for us. He said in Ephesians chapter 2, he said, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. And then he goes on to say, wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands. And that's not, by the way, guys, you can't make your wife submit. You, 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 you can't even make your kids submit. You can make them conform, but you can't make them submit. That is an act of the will. Just like God can't make us submit ourselves to Him. It is an act of our will that we must be willing to do ourselves. Submit yourselves, he says. I'll give you another. Look at 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter 1. This is a powerful verse. I, I don't even know that I've got my head around it really well. You know one of the reasons that we're filthy in our lives? It's just because we are not doing the work ourselves to be clean. 2 Corinthians chapter 7, the Bible says in verse number 1, 2 Corinthians 7 verse 1, having therefore these promises. In other words, God's given you the soap. God's given you the water. God's given you all the tools you need. Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves. That means he's not going to do it. You got to do it. Let us cleanse ourselves from what? 
from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. You know, it is your responsibility, it is my responsibility to keep my spirit clean. Not just my flesh, but my spirit. It's my responsibility to keep my attitude right. It's not mom and dad's, it's not pastors, it's not your best friend, it's not your spouse. It's our responsibility to keep our own spirit clean. God won't cleanse. He said, cleanse yourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit. We have to be proactive with that. We have to take on that responsibility. It's like putting the soap in the water there and, and, and somebody gets in the shower and they don't turn on the water and they don't grab the soap and they get out of the shower and they say, well, why, why, why am I not clean? Because you've got to grab the soap. You've got to grab the, you've got to turn on the water and you've got to wash yourself. You know what that means? That means if I'm not right with God, it's not God's fault. It's not somebody else's fault. It's my fault because I'm supposed to wash myself. You you, you understand that? I have to wash my own life. It is not the generation. And that's why I'm saying God in this last, in this second last book of the Bible puts all these things we have to do ourselves. It is not society's fault that I am not clean. It is my fault that I have not cleansed myself. That I've not done what I need to do to confess my sin, to contact the blood of Jesus, to get to the Lord, and, and cleanse my own spirit. God did the saving, we've got to do the living. Would you, going back to Jude, would you grab with me Philippians chapter 2 on the way? Because it goes with one of about our first point of what God tells us we must do in this generation. What is God's instructions for people that live in 2023 that know the Lord? Now, you got these liberal, wacko people and progressives that say, well, you don't have to do nothing. Just enjoy the Lord. Well, that ain't what he said. <laughs> just, you know, just be there. That ain't what he said. He said, if, you're, if you are living in this day of apostasy, there's going to be some things you've got to do for yourself. You know, guys, we live in a day where everybody wants somebody else to do something for them. Is that not right? Society wants other people to pay their bills. I'll tell them. My girls, they're, they're living their own life, but I'll tell them since they don't watch live stream. They'll call me up and tell me to do things they ought to be doing. Dad, help me with my insurance. Do it yourself. And of course, the sap I am, you know. Dad, can you get me a plate? Well, get, why can't you get it yourself? But you know, isn't that the way things are? Not just, we want other people to do things for us because we don't want to go to the trouble to do it. Some people are that way with their Christianity. They want to get all their Christianity in church that somebody serves them on a plate. And they don't want to do the work every day of the week to serve their own plates of Christianity to their own heart. Isn't that right? They want somebody else to do that. And God says, that's not the way, that's not the way this works. 
He'll do for us what we can't do for ourselves, but what we can do for ourselves, we must do for ourselves. In Philippians chapter 2, I want you to hold your finger there and look at our little phrase. We only have two points tonight in the message. It's in verse 20 of our text in the book of Jude. First, the first thing he tells us is building up yourselves. You've got to build up yourself. Building up yourself. Now, now listen, this is so important. You may not, and really you probably cannot, build up your nation. I, I don't think so. Maybe I, I could be wrong. I'm not saying not to pray for your nation, but I don't know that you can build up the crumbling uh, leftovers of our nation into a place where God would be more at, would be at home again. I, I don't know that you can do that. You know, you may not be able even to build up a church. You know, there are some people that don't get to sit in a church like you get to sit in. Do you know how many of God's people around this country and around the world sit in a dead church, twice dead, just about plucked up by the roots, and nobody's praising God and nobody's saying amen, and maybe the preacher doesn't, not even preaching the Bible? And people, You understand that's the norm? And then you've got a Christian that's sitting in, a, in, a, in an environment like that and maybe they had to drive an hour to get to that assembly to try to be what God wanted them to be. But, but they, can't, they can't fix, they can't build up what's wrong in the church. Maybe that's the case. Uh, I tread lightly. We just had family family meeting. Maybe you can't even build up your family. You know, this verse says, building up. Do you know there's some people in families, they can't help their... Are, are you listening to me? As much as they want to, as much as they try, as much as they pray. You know, the truth is, we can't make decisions for people in our family. We, we can't correct and, and change and make everything right, what ought to be right in our parents or in our children or in our spouse. Have you learned that yet? Have you learned that everybody has a will and everybody has their own decisions that they make no matter what you do? Well, what do we do if we can't, if I can't build up my family, what do I do? Same thing if you couldn't build up your church. Same thing if you can't build up your nation. Build up yourself! How can I keep, how can I do that? Because he said to. Do you know how many people get run over like a Mack truck in this generation because they could not fix or could not help something in other people's lives and so they just threw their hands up and they went on their merry way with the ruin not just in others' lives but their own. I can't get right with God for you. I can't get right with God for my wife. I can't get right with God for my children. But I can get right with God in me. And guys, this is what the devil does with all of us. He tempts us to just continually look at other other people's problems. We're consumed with fixing them when we cannot fix them and we don't look at our own hearts that we can do something about. The text says, building up yourselves. 
That's what it says. You. Now, with that in mind, go to Philippians 2. What does it mean to build up yourselves? I'm not going to take this out of context, but I think, I think you'll see it right after I read it. Philippians chapter 2, verse 12. Watch this. Philippians 2, 12. Wherefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out. Anybody here work out? You know what it means to work out? Work out what? Your own salvation. With fear and trembling, for it is God which worketh in you. So God's worked the salvation in me. I couldn't do that. I couldn't save myself. I couldn't help save myself. I couldn't do anything to make God accept me. I couldn't do anything to take away my sin. But God worked in me His salvation, but I'm supposed to work out my salvation. Guys, we live in a day where people work out. Amen. Even though Brother Ankrum did preach what he preached. Work out. There's some people are addicted to working out. You know what happens when you work out? You build something. You build muscle. Do you know if you build muscle, you will weigh more? You know, some people start working out and they want to lose weight and they start gaining weight. That's because that's muscle weighs more than fat. Do you know, you know what? <clears throat> you know what takes time to build muscle? Do you know it takes time for you to build up yourself upon your most holy faith? You know what you have to do? You have to work out. And you know what you have to do? You have to take it one step at a time. If you never lift weights before in your life, you probably just won't start bench pressing 250 pounds. I remember, I remember football, when I was on the football team at Cater High School, and they'd, they'd bring us in there on those, all those machines, and they'd have to set those machines based upon where you were in your strength. But after a while, if you kept working out, you would build up yourselves. How many of you remember the story that I told about my son with the push-ups? How many of you remember that story? Do I have to tell that again? God have mercy on pastor's kids, amen, that has to. I don't know how old it was, maybe 11 or 12 or whatever it was. He couldn't do a push-up. I was doing push-ups, you know. He couldn't do a push-up. Some of you can't do push-ups. He said, Daddy, I want to do a push-up. I said, all right, get down there and do a push-up. All right, let's go. Let's do a push-up. He said, Daddy, I can't do that. He got down there and he went, pop, you know, right on his face. He said, I can't. And look, it does, listen, it doesn't matter how hard he tried, he would not be able to do a push-up until he built something up. There are things in your life, spiritually with God, you are not just going to be able to automatically do until you build yourself up to the point, spiritually, that you can do them. 
So I made him get on his knees, you know. I said, all right, do a push-up. He said, I'm not going to do that. It's a girl push-up. I said, yeah, it sure is. And that's where we're starting. Because until you build up to be able to do that kind of push-up, so I had to continue to do that until he could do the real push-up, you know. He's got, got to be able to do it. And then, then, then he's going to have to get to that part where you can do the one-handed push-up. <laughs> It takes time to do that. <laughs> it takes time. Guys, you know what? We don't want to put in the work. We don't want to go to the gym. We don't want to go to God's gym. We do not want to put in the time it takes to be the Christian God wants us to be. We want Him to do it. Are you listening? You've got to put in the time. You've got to put in the effort. You've got to build your spiritual muscles up. And nobody will do it for you. They can't. And if you have to start slow, start slow. If your family is a wreck, don't give up. Start slow and start building something. If your heart and mind and life is a wreck, don't, don't just throw it down. Start building something. I remember going to the gym and said, man, I want to do that. What, what, what did Brother Ingram said about Winnie the Pooh or, or the thing you... He said he was a chiseled masterpiece in his own mind. I tell you what, you don't, you don't get abs... Without working out. You know what the sad thing is? People will work on their bodies. They will work on their looks. But they won't, look on their, they won't work on their heart. They're content to be a slob spiritually. They're content to be weak spiritually. They're content to, not, to have no prayer life. No spiritual power. No touch of God. Am, am I right? And you, you've got to build up yourself. You've got to work it. How strong a Christian are you? How strong a Christian do you want to be? You, you will probably become as good a Christian as you're willing to work out what God's worked in you. You know, in this day of apostasy, you know what's happening. Things are being torn down. They're not being built up. Apostates tear down people's lives. Churches are being torn down. People's sanity is being torn down. Morality is being torn down. People are tearing down lives that they've lived for 20, 30 years, and they're tearing it all down. Are, Are you hearing me? And God says while the apostate world is tearing down everything good and right and holy, you need to build something up. How do I do that? I'm glad he just doesn't say that without giving us some illustrations of that. Maybe it would be easier if he would tell us to go to a spiritual gym and lift weights or something or, or do 
cardio exercises. Go to Acts chapter 20. You want to build up yourself? Here's some verses for you. And if you're not willing to follow these verses, you don't want to work out. You don't want to build up yourself. Acts chapter 20. Acts chapter 20 and verse number 32. And now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to what? Build you up. There is no building up yourselves without the Bible. And that's why we as a Bible-believing church harp on things that the other churches don't. And that's why we pass out Bible reading calendars. And that's why we make much out of the Bible. Because this is your workout. This will develop spiritual muscles. You leave this on the coffee table all week and pick it up once a week. You are not going to build up yourself. Don't be a spiritual couch potato. (laughs) Pick up the book. It's able to build you up. It's able to build a good mind. It's able to build a good heart in you. But you've got to let the Word of Christ dwell in you rich. And you can't do that if you're not reading it. It's not something for us to brag about that we went through our Bible X number day. No, no. It's a necessity for me to build up my own Christian life. I cannot be built up spiritually if I'm not in this book. And that's why the devil makes you so busy that you have no time for this. He's trying to keep you weak. And that's why he puts a million obstacles in your life to keep you out of church and from hearing the Word of God preach because this is what gives you muscles. He don't want muscular Christianity. He wants you out of this book. Matter of fact, he don't even care if you listen to gospel music all day. Just don't get in the Bible. He doesn't even care if you know you have good standards, you're around good people. He just doesn't want you in the Bible. Because the Bible will work you out. Amen. We got worked out this week. Morning and night we heard preaching. And it's just like I said, is it any wonder the last service, amen, we were hanging from the chandeliers? Because God had been working us out all week. But now what happens if we just leave this aside, let somebody else feed me, not feeding myself, I get weak. don't have strength the word of his grace is able to build you it's able but it won't if you don't get in it you remember what jesus said about the the guy that built the house this guy built it on a rock you know you know all that stuff the wise man you know he built something on the rock and jesus said well that's the guy that Here's my sayings, and he keeps my word. The house is strong. 
Go to Colossians chapter 2. So the word of God must be the ingredient for you, to, for you and I to build up ourselves. There's another ingredient. Colossians chapter 2. Colossians chapter 2. We'll start reading in verse 4. Colossians chapter 2 verse 4. The Bible says, And this I say, lest any man should beguile you with enticing words, for though I be absent in the flesh, yet am I with you in the spirit, joying and beholding your order and the steadfastness of your faith in Christ, as ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord. How many of you received Christ Jesus? Have you received Christ Jesus the Lord? Well, don't let it stop there. As ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in Him. Look at the next verse. Rooted and built up. There's our phrase. We want to be building up ourselves, right? Built up how? In Him. And established in the faith as ye have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. Our building program of our own selves, our workout, has to be connected with the person of Christ. Built up in Him. So, so you say, what's that got to do with anything? Look, guys, you know, here's the truth. It shouldn't happen, but it can happen. You can go through the motions of Christianity and the Lord Jesus Christ be nowhere around. Building up yourselves is about you immersing your life in the person of Jesus Christ getting close to Him, loving Him. This is about Him. This is not even about you being a strong Christian. This is about you loving Him and being committed to Him and worshiping Him and being like Him and your relationship with Him. The reason that Christians are so weak is because they do not have a close relationship with the Master. They're not built up in Him. They may be built up in religion. But they're not built up in Him. You, you, want, you want a relationship. You want a life that's building up yourselves on your most holy faith. Your life's got to be more and more about Jesus. And you've got to build a closeness to it. I, I wish I knew how to teach that. I don't know that you can teach that. For people to want to be close to Jesus. I don't know that you can teach somebody when they sing Jesus. Have you ever noticed some of our songs are supposed to be direct, directed straight to Jesus? Jesus, keep me near the cross. You can sing that and not even say that to Jesus. You know, that's why Brother Earl was such a strong Christian. I saw Brother Earl. How old was he when he came to Virginia and preached for me when I pastored there? How old was Brother Earl? Earl Hughes, yeah. I'm talking about Earl Hughes now. He's 69 years old. And that man was not just doing push-ups and one-handed push-ups. He was doing, a, he had a one wheel. He called it the joy wheel. Just, a, just one wheel. He'd grab a hold of it and he'd go all the way out and come all the way back. I mean, there was guys that came up, I mean, that were buff. And, and they, they, they couldn't go all the way out and come. Anybody ever done that? You know what I'm talking about? That, 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 that's some strength. That's real. That old man would do that. But he wasn't just strong physically. 
He was strong spiritually. But you know what he did? He had a close walk with Jesus. I've told you this before. He'd drive up to my, my house and get out, and he'd let Jesus out of the car. He would. He'd go around and open the door and laugh and talk and shut the door. You say, that man's crazy. Mm, Don't know about that. And he walks with me and he talks with me. You know, some people don't even know what that's about. What I'm telling you is to build up yourselves. You've got to build a close relationship with Jesus. It's not about a form. It's not about religion. It's about you getting close to Jesus Christ. Guys, and you ought to know how to do that. You know how to get close to people. How do you get close to the people in your life? Are you close to anybody in your life? That takes work. How do you get close to people? How do you get close to people that are in your life? You want to be around them. Do, do, do we get in his presence? Do we set aside some time? I, I guarantee you, there's some people right in here. You're begging for somebody to get close to you, and you know what that takes? That takes their time with you. How many of us will take the time to get close to Jesus? You know, when you get close to someone, you know what you do? You want to give them what they like. You ever talk to the Lord and say, Lord, what would you like today? What do you want to hear today? You hear me sing a song? Can I do something for you? How do you, just like you would get close to anyone else, you can get close to Jesus. But we don't work, it's work to do that. It's so much easier to get out of bed and go to work and not think about Him. Built up in Him. I'll give you another one. Ephesians chapter 2. If you're going to build up yourselves, it'll take the Word. It'll take the person of Jesus Christ in your life. Ephesians chapter 2. I don't know why we Baptists fail in this so, so awfully. But we do. Ephesians chapter 2, the Bible says in, in verse number 19, Ephesians two nineteen. Now therefore ye are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God, and are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom all the building fitly framed together, groweth unto an holy temple in the Lord, in whom ye also are, what's the word? Builded together for an habitation of God through the what? Building up ourselves, it'll take the Holy Ghost to do that. You've got to build up yourselves In the Holy Ghost. That's why the next phrase of our text in the book of Jude. He says building up yourselves 
upon your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, not just praying. The Holy Ghost needs to be there. You say, well, He's always there. Well, then that phrase doesn't mean anything. If all praying is in the Holy Ghost, then He shouldn't have to say that. But it's not. And that's not the only place He says it. And all of our living is not done in the Holy Ghost. And all of our walking is not done in the Holy Ghost. And all of our praise is not done in the Holy Ghost. And all of our singing is not in the Holy Ghost. And all of our living is not done with the fullness of the Holy Ghost. Here's a point, and this is what knocks people out all the time. that They want to do something themselves, but you have to get the Spirit of God into what you're doing, or it's just empty. There's no real building up anything. Except maybe your own self-will and determination. He says, build it together for an habitation of God through the Spirit. So that means this. If you want to build up yourselves, you want to do a workout? Take every day and be filled with the Holy Ghost. You say, how does that happen? Well, you need to ask him. You know, I heard uh, Adrian Rogers. I know he was a Southern Baptist. He was in heaven. I heard him give one of the greatest explanations of family prayer or personal devotion and fullness of the Spirit that practically that I've heard anybody, anybody ever give. And he was talking about getting up in the morning and reading your Bible and going through your prayer list. And he says, then I want you to stop. And he said, I I know when I say this, you're going to be uncomfortable. And I'm going to say it right here, and you'll probably be uncomfortable. Now, remember, he was a Southern Baptist. He was a Southern Baptist. You know, the ones right now that are fighting over if women can preach. He was a Southern Baptist. And what he said is too radical for some of us that I'm fixing to tell you right now. He said, and when you do all that, he said, this wants you, I want you to stop. And he said, I want you to raise your hands to the Lord and say, Lord, the best I know how, I yield myself totally to you today. And I pray that you would fill me with the Holy Ghost. You say, preacher, could it be that easy? Why don't you try it? Instead of rushing through our religious service in our life without stopping to desire the fullness of the Holy Ghost, you can't be built up without the Spirit of God. You say, well, preacher, I can do that without raising my hands. Yeah, you probably can. You can pray without getting on your knees, too. That might be good for you. It may make God a little more real to you. And what Brother Rogers, he said, he said, what what I do when I hold up? He said, I'm talking about no charismatic kind. He said, he didn't have a charismatic bone in his body. He said, when I put my hands up, he said, I'm letting God know I'm reaching out to him. I'm reaching out to him. I'm lifting up my 
my heart with my hands to God and I'm reaching out to Him and telling God, I want You, Lord. I want You to fill my life. And I make my hands do that because many times my heart and mind just not right and it's just not in it. You want to work out? How about working out through the Holy Ghost, you know? He says, if we're not to be drunk with wine, but to be filled with the Spirit, I believe we live many sinful days without the fullness of the Holy Spirit. And we wonder why it doesn't work out, and we wonder why we're so weak. It's like chopping with an axe that has no edge. Wet the edge. Sharpen it through the Holy Ghost. It'll make everything we do. It's the power. You know what they prayed? They prayed back there in the book of Acts. They prayed and and God gave us boldness and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and that's what made the difference in their hearts. That's what made the difference at Pentecost. That's what made the difference in any Christian life. Could it be that we live our lives without the Spirit of God? I'm not saying He's not in us. I'm just saying we're not yielded to Him. We're not doing the work of making sure we're yielded to Him and all of our members are there. Building up yourselves upon your most holy faith while others are departing from the faith. You need to double down on your faith. Build up yourself on 